0: thanks for joining us for the connect podcast i'm cole phillips the lead pastor of the connection church and every week we're going to look into the bible to find out how god's word connects to our everyday lives it's going to be life-changing The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service. Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. I'm excited about continuing our study in 1 Corinthians and our talk about unity and division and uh, how how we can come together. It's so important that if you want to have a great life, that you are part of a great church and a great community. And that's really what 1 Corinthians is all about. And uh, Paul is writing to this church in Corinth, and there was a lot of division. There were a lot of issues. So uh, he's talking about that, and it's been fun working through it. And very appropriate right now because uh, there is a lot of division, in our world, and even in the church, it seems like we have been um, separated—maybe not divided from each other, but definitely uh, disconnected. It seems like physically, as we're social distancing. So we want to uh, we want to be sure that we work against that, and we do what God's word says. All right. So everybody's uh, hopping on, and uh, so glad to have you with us today. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, I. Didn't uh, I didn't line up any music for today, and so uh, so we're not gonna be we're not gonna be doing the singing thing this time. But we'll get back at that next week. Um, so so what what I want to ask you to do is to grab your Bible, to grab a pen and maybe a n- notebook or a journal or something you can write with, so that we can uh, get into this. This is rich today, and I think you're gonna find. That it really uh, hits home uh, with with where we're at for all of us and some things that we're dealing with. Um, so so take some notes i i I want ch- uh, you to to grow and um, and this is how we're gonna do it today. All right? So here we go. Let's jump in to this. All right, here's the deal. You know, what I've found in my life is that I cause problems for myself more than anybody else does, okay? I am the common denominator in the problems in my life. And that's probably true of your life as well. And the more you grow and the more you develop, the more you mature, the more you realize that we all have an I problem. I'm talking about that letter I, the letter I, that little letter that's in the middle of the word, the short word sin, S-I-N. And the middle letter of the word Pride is also the letter I, and that is when I want what I want, and it doesn't matter what God says. It doesn't matter what kind of problems it causes. Uh, It causes all kinds of problems because pride says it's all about me, and God says it's not about you, but when I think it's all about me, I jump on a ride. I jump on the ride of pride and I go on an ego trip. In fact, we're going to talk about jumping on the, the pride train because we're all on the pride train. And you know who the engineer or the conductor of the train is? It's uh, Ned Narcissist. Ned Narcissist. And uh, he's saying, all aboard on the pride train. and um, And so looking at who is on this train, it turns out many of us, no matter what your age is, no matter what you do, we all are on this pride ride. And, um, you know, it could be, uh, it could be that you are Eddie education. You know, I've got right behind me here, I've got that, what they call the vanity wall and it's got my degrees. And it could be that someone thinks, well, hey, I'm smart enough, I'm smarter than everyone else, or I know this, or I have these degrees, I have these letters behind my name. So that sort of sets me up with pride. Maybe it is this, okay? This is going to hit home with some. It could be guys. I know it's a lot of girls, but that is Frances Fashion. You know Francis Fashion? She uh, She's all about the clothes, all about how she dresses, and all about the way... She looks right, so, so that's Francis fashion. There's also Henry humility. Now, Henry humility, you might say, Well, why is he on the pride train? Well, it's because he's humble, he's so humble, he's humble, he's more humble than thou art, you know. Um, and so, um, he's so humble, maybe that, um, that you hashtag. Humbled, you know, the humble brag where you're humble, but you're really just bragging the whole time. That's uh, that's Henry Humble, but then there's all, also uh, Doris Destination. You know, Doris Destination, she's the one who is always on social media and she's always talking about the fancy places, the fancy vacations. That she gets to go on and it's like, oh, you're stuck there in Kyle, but I'm in Cabo or I'm, you know, I'm on the beach somewhere and, uh, you know, you might be in Grand Prairie, Texas, but I'm in Hawaii, uh, that kind of thing. And you see these people and you think, I want to be there. I want I want that. I deserve that. And so why do we post those pictures? Why do we do that? Um, it's because maybe it's because we want to say, hey, I'm here and you're there. And it's about me. I get to travel. I get to go places. I get to eat this, this food to do this. And you don't, right? And, uh, you know, there's some people on social media that it's just hard to follow them. It's hard to, to look at their feed because it revs up the envy engine in my life. And I start thinking and start comparing, you know, and I start saying, must be nice, must be nice. I deserve that. Why did they get to do that? Right. That's the ride of pride. There's another person on this passenger list, and that person is Tom Trophy. Okay, I'm not talking about physical trophies. I'm talking about trophy friends. I'm talking about the people that they know. Right. They know all the right people and they're going to always take the picture with the right person. And, uh, and that, you know, you, you're like, I know that person. Yeah, but they don't really know you, but that's okay. You know, cause I got a picture taken with them. And so there's, there's ego involved there. Um, there's another one. And that is Shelly selfie, Shelly selfie. Okay. You know, the selfie, I got to get my phone out right here. Okay. To take the selfie and you gotta get the angle just right. And so you know I don't want to show my my double chin. Gotta stick my neck out so it looks just right in the in the angle. And then you gotta see you got to see how many likes you get. And literally people are like I don't have enough likes. I'm gonna take that one down. I don't you know I don't have enough good comments. <clears throat> Let me warn you about the comments section. OK, the comment section is the the garbage sewer pit of humanity. It is the pit of hell. And uh, it's the lowest of the low. you got to stay away from the comment section. OK, don't get caught up in the comment section. There's another one. And that is uh, Paul Parte Party. Paul Partey. He's at all the right gatherings. You know, all these people are over there having fun. And so why is he doing that? Why is he taking the picture? Um, and you think, well, I didn't get an invitation to that party. Why was I left out? Well, we got to, we got to think about that when we're posting those pictures you're all isolated and you're all quarantined and they're gathering together. So then we say, <laughs> we make comments and, you know, sharpshooting at those pictures. All right. And then there's Steve's soapbox. Okay. This is a, this is a, a, a pride issue. And, and Steve Soapbox is like the one issue, one note person. They got one issue and they're always just talking about their soapbox issue. Right. And they're standing on their soapbox. And um, so there's all these people on the ride of pride. Let me tell you, there's another one. There's another one. There's another passenger. I, I, I almost left off. And that was Cole conceded. Okay, Cole conceded. He's on the train too, because many times, you know, I worry too much about what other people are thinking of me and I'm thinking of myself. So with that as an introduction, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We've been talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 about ministry and and that all of us, are ministers, so I want to address this to you, especially if you're smart enough to be listening today. Then I know that you have a concern uh, for ministry, and you are a minister. All right, so so I want us to read in First Corinthians chapter four, and we'll start in verse six. All right, so so have get your Bible if you if you got that you want to check it out. Here we go. Here's what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, um, I have used Apollos and myself to illustrate what I've been saying. If you pay attention to what I've quoted from the scriptures, you won't be proud of one of your leaders at the expense of another. For what gives you the right to begin to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, Why boast about it as though it were not a gift? You think you already have everything you need. You think you're already rich. You've begun to reign in God's kingdom without us. I wish you really were reigning already, for then we would be reigning with you. Instead, I sometimes think God has put us apostles on display like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade condemned to die. We have become a spectacle to the entire world, to people and to angels alike. Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools, but you claim to be wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. Even now, we go hungry and thirsty. We don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We're often beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our own hands to earn our living we bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us, yet we are treated like, check this out, the world's garbage, like everybody's trash, right up to the present moment. All right. So what is Paul saying here? He's talking about getting on the ride of pride. And sometimes even in ministry, even in serving others. We become proud of our service. Now, there's a difference between uh, good, godly pride and uh, and destructive pride. We'll talk about that. All right. But what does pride say? First, these ministers here in Corinth, they thought they were all that and a bag of chips. They thought they had it going on. And so, the first danger in ministry and in life. Is when you begin to believe. And you can write this down. I am the exception. I'm the exception to the rule. Everybody else has these rules or these restrictions, but I'm gonna cut corners. I'm gonna begin to play it fast and loose. And um, and I think I begin to think, hey, I don't have to do that. I'm too good to do that. Um, I'm beyond that. I'm above that. And what you won't do becomes uh, a limit in the way that God can use you. Okay. When you start to think I'm the exception and um, you want, you begin to want everyone to look at you and look at the difference that you're making. And you start thinking I'm the most important here. Okay. And that's easy, easy to begin to do to, to begin to think that, that you are the most important in your ministry <clears throat> then is the most important. Okay. Um, then the second thing here we see in verse eight, uh, it, that, that you think you can do it all on your own, that you don't need anybody else. Look, you think you already have everything you need. You think you're already rich. You've begun to reign in God's kingdom without us. There, there is, the reason I like this with Paul is, uh, he is a little sarcastic here. Like he's a little sarcastic. Oh, you think, you think you've already begun to reign? You think you have everything you need? And we start to think, I don't need anyone else. And the thing is, if you're going to do this um, for just a moment in ministry, then yeah, you can do it on your own. If it's just a quick sprint, if it's just a quick project, go right ahead. You know. But we're not doing this for a week. We're not doing this for a a period. You know, we're not doing this for 10 years. We're serving God. We're making a difference for him for a lifetime. And it it's a it's a long time, so therefore we need each other. You can't sustain it on your own. Um now I've been in what I would call ministry for uh, it's crazy, for 32 years. Now, 32 years of ministry. And uh, I cannot do it on my own. I need other people in my life. Um, and I recognize that. <clears throat> so that, that maybe that was a humble brag. Hashtag humble, 32 years of ministry. Um, that's all glory to God for, for real. Like God has been <laughs> so good to sustain me through all of this time. But then verse nine, check it out. Where's verse nine? Instead, I sometimes think God has put us apostles on display like prisoners of war. He's talking about uh, winning, uh, trying to be put on display. Um, these ministers in Corinth, you know, they wanted people to see them. And I think there's some ministry stay and it's not bad to be lifted up, to be honored. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're doing a, a fantastic job and God is going to honor you for a season. Um but when we begin to to worry about our own appearance and what we look like there's a problem there he says we're like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade condemned to die so you're like the conquerors and you're the ones that are up front and you've just conquered and and that's that's what they would do they'd have these these uh conquerors processionals and parades and they would the conquerors would be up front and then the back of the the processional would be those who were conquered. And Paul says, that's where we are. We're at the back, like we're condemned to die. And we become a spectacle to the entire world, to people and angels alike. And and sometimes in ministry, that's what it's like. That's what it's going to be like, like where you're humbled so that God is lifted up and and God is going to do that. Um, now, humility and pride are two sides of the same coin. Um, I, I like, I think about what the quote, this is a quote that's attributed to, <laughs> thank you, Bonnie. Uh, this is a, uh, this is a quote that's attributed to C.S. Lewis that you, you can read in Rick Warren's Purpose-Driven Life. Um, that where he says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Okay. Um now, actually, that's probably more Rick Warren than it is C.S. Lewis, because here's what C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity. This is long, so you got to process this, but I want to share it with you. Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person. Let me see. Um, he who is always telling you that, of course, he is a nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone Um Let me see. Okay. All right. Um, I'm getting notifications there, and I'm going to, let's see. If you do not dislike him, it will be because you feel envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. If anyone would like to acquire humility, I can, I think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud and a biggish step too. at least nothing, whatever can be done before it. If you think you're not conceited, it means that you are very conceited indeed. Okay, so there's that pride of saying, well, I'm not conceited. (laughs) I'm not conceited. Um, So uh, it could be that 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 means that you are. So verse 10, he says, our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools but you claim to be wise. We are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. And, and so he he's talking about humility and in humility, we have to be willing to get our hands dirty for Jesus. Okay. And remember that there are no small jobs. There are no small jobs in, uh, in the kingdom, right? All of it is important. You know, pride is funny. Pride is like a form of, of insanity, where we are telling everyone to look at us. And we do this on social media all the time. You know, used to, if I had a good meal, I would have to take a Polaroid picture of it, and I'd have to go to all my neighbors up and down the street and say, hey, look, look at my what I had to eat. Now I just post it. I post it on uh, on social media for everybody to see. And people will post Every little thing—it's crazy what people will post. You know, I'm drinking coffee right now at Starbucks. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. You know, whatever it is you're doing, you want everybody to know about it. Um, you probably aren't thinking those prideful thoughts when you're posting pictures, but you know, sometimes, sometimes I do. And um, let, let's talk about the difference between the good kind of pride and the the selfish kind of pride. Okay, the good kind of pride is uh, self-respect, is dignity. The Bible says, "Love your neighbor as yourself," and so we have to have a proper view of ourselves and see ourselves as God sees us. See, see, real um, pride is not seeing ourselves as others see us or seeing ourselves as as we see ourselves, but to see ourselves exactly like God sees us. To see, ourse- see yourself like God sees you. And in the Bible, Paul says, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of how you're growing. When I look at you, those of you who are on, in my comments right now, and I know who you are, you know, I look at the Connection Church. I look at what God is doing through our lives. I am proud of you. There's a good kind of pride that is based on what God is doing in our lives. But then there's the negative kind of stubborn pride that won't admit that I'm wrong. That kind of pride that that looks at other people and judges other people and puts them down and thinks that I'm better than someone else. That is a destructive kind of pride. All right. And pride affects so many other areas of our life, you know. It, it, it affects everything because the worst kind of sin isn't murder. It's not adultery. The worst sin is pride. Pride is actually the original sin. It's the original lie that the devil spoke, told to to Eve and then to Adam. And that is that you can be the God of your own life. You can choose your own Way in life, and it's the root of every other sin. All right, so so I want us to quickly. I want us to look at two things. I want us to look at at uh, the problem of pride, and then I want us to look at how we can break pride in our lives. Okay, and the first thing as we look at the destination of pride and where pride takes us, the first thing, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, is. Pride leads to conflict. Somebody put that in the comments there. Pride leads to conflict. Every time you have a conflict with somebody, it's a pride issue. Proverbs 13.10 says, Pride only breeds quarrels. Only by pride comes contention. Okay. When I'm putting myself first, when I fight with my wife, when I fight with my boss or my coworker or my neighbor, it's always pride. I can, um, I can save you a lot of thank you. There you go. There. It's all in there. It's all in there. Yes. Uh, pride leads to conflict. Uh, I can save you a lot of, of, uh, marriage counseling. Okay. Now counseling is good. Go get counseling. You probably need it. (laughs) But here are the two words that would fix most problems in, in a marriage. And that is, um, that is grow up. The two words grow up. You know the problem in a marriage is I want my way, she wants her way, and now we've got a problem. Okay, it's immaturity is what it is, and it takes unselfish people to make a marriage work. Pride causes us to put a lot of pressure on other people because of our own pride. We try to live vicariously through our kids, and what they, uh, what we, what we, we want them to make us look good. Right? We have that bumper sticker, you know, my. Kid was a uh, uh, student of the month at school or whatever, and we we want to make our ourselves look good. And sometimes we will pressure other people to act a certain way or to look a certain way to make us look good. And pride is when in marriage when we hold on to our own way and uh, we we hold on to the grudges that we that we have. And pride causes us to gossip, right? We want to put other people down. So that we can build ourselves up. We make other people look worse so that we can feel better than ourselves. Anytime we gossip, we're being prideful. Proverbs 28 25 says, He that is of a proud heart stirs up strife. Pride makes us rude to others. I see people who treat people who are working in a restaurant rudely or working at the grocery store rudely right? We think the world owes us something, like we're something, like people should exist to serve us. That's pride. Pride causes us to point our finger at other people when I think I'm better than you, all right? So pride causes us to refuse to admit that we're wrong or see our own issues. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 5, take the log out of your own eye first, and then you'll be able to see and take the speck out of your brother's eye. He's saying, (laughs) look, before you get that little, tiny, little sawdust speck out of your neighbor's eye, you've got to get that telephone pole out of your eye, out of your own eye. Okay, so uh, almost every family has unresolved conflicts due to Pride and many times um you know, it, it's because we're unwilling to say I am sorry I was wrong please forgive me you know sometimes we'll apologize like this well if I hurt your feelings I'm sorry or I'm sorry that you feel this way those are not those are not apologies apologies it means i'm going to take responsibility for what i've done all right i'm going to i'm going to and i'm going to say i'm sorry for the way that i hurt you nobody expects you to be perfect but they do expect you to be real and so we we've got to swallow our pride and say i'm sorry so pride leads to conflict here's here's the second second thing to write down shout it out in the comments pride leads to a dead end Pride leads to a dead end. You can't grow if you hold on to pride in your life. We have to decide, do I want to appear to be smart or do I want to be smart? Because if I appear to be smart, that means that I'm not teachable, right? And if, if I'm the only person I can learn from, then I'm not going to learn very much. Pride keeps us from growing. And pride keeps us from connecting with other people, and so that's why we need to be going to celebrate recovery. That's why we need to be going to our connection groups and connecting with um, with other people that we can grow with. And to do that, to be around other people, you know, that means we got to lay down our pride, and we've got to lay down the idea that says I can do this on my own, uh, because I understand I need people in my life and I need even with the message on Sunday you know when I think well I get this and and obviously you know we try to make it very simple to understand but when you're with some other people and you start applying it man sometimes in my group there are people who are dropping wisdom and things even though I preached the message I didn't quite think of it in that way and I'm going to grow through that you know back when y'all remember Muhammad Ali uh back when he was in his prime he would say he would say I'm the greatest I'm the greatest uh, he actually said, I'm not the greatest, I'm the double greatest. Not only do I knock them out, I pick the round. I'm the boldest, the prettiest, the most superior, the most scientific, the most skillfulest fighter in the ring today. And one time Muhammad Ali got on an airplane and the stewardess came back and said to him, Mr. Ali, you need to buckle up. And, and he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the stewardess looked at him and said, yeah, but Superman don't need no airplane either. All right. So <laughs> you're not as you're not all that like you think you are. Right. Proverbs 11, 2 says pride leads to disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. And the only way you're going to be wise is to be humble. Um, Proverbs ten seventeen says anyone willing to be corrected is on the pathway to life. But anyone refusing has lost his chance. You know, when somebody corrects you, somebody speaks and they they care enough, they love you enough to say, um, you know, to say, hey, you're going in the wrong direction or maybe you should rethink this. I mean, that's love in action. And, and so we've got to be teachable and we've got to be open. So, um get around some other people who you allow to speak in your life. And you're like, well, they never tell me. They never speak. Well, are you letting them know? Are they let, are you letting them know that, Hey, you can speak into my life. If you see something, I want to know about it so that I can grow. Then third pride leads to worry. Thank you so much Flo Flo for, uh, for saying, for saying that. Um, Now pride leads to worry. Somebody shout that out in the, in the comments. Uh, We're thinking about how we look. We're worried about how we sound to other people and what other people are thinking about us. And uh, everything in our culture is pushing us to put ourselves first, to look out for number one. Okay. It's all about you. You deserve it. You deserve the best. You're the best. And so we begin. to try to shape our image so that other people see us a certain way, and remember, social media—it's the highlight reel, right? Image isn't everything. We don't want to appear to be um, godly. We don't want to have the appearance of godliness. We want to be godly. We want to—we want to be those people. Um, image really doesn't last. Character is what lasts. Proverbs twenty-nine twenty-five says it's dangerous to be concerned with what other people think of you. It's a trap. The fear of man is a trap because when you worry about what other people think about you, you're not being authentic. It keeps you from being real. And what we need to be, connection family, is real. To be authentic, to to not worry about what people are thinking, not to uh, need the people, You you need to be effective people, but understand that we're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. So stop trying to pretend that you've got it all together. The fourth thing and the final thing on the road to pride is pride leads to disconnection from God. Ultimately, pride is the sin that got Satan kicked out of heaven. And it's basically saying, I'm God. I'm going to run my own life. I don't need to worship God and because of pride, that's why we have trouble worshiping, because we're more wor- worried about ourselves and what somebody else is thinking about us than we are about what God thinks. And he, he's the most important. So First Peter 5, 5 says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't want God to be opposed to my life. I want more grace. I need more grace in my life. And the the more you're connected with God, the more humble you will be. the The less connected with God that you are, the more prideful that you will be. And many times we think of people who are not confident as being humble. That's not true. The, you're, you're unconfident when you think it's all about you and your own abilities, when it all depends on you. But when you place your confidence in God, I like to call that Godfidence, Godfidence. the more. Uh, the more you're depending on him to come through, the more you're depending on his power in your life than anything else. And the Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Okay. You don't ask for God to humble you. You humble yourself. And then God says, I will lift you up. Say, God, I humble myself before you. And um, I'll tell you, my role as a pastor, it's a scary role. It's a, it's an awesome responsibility because I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. And I know that God is going to hold me accountable for how well I helped you to grow spiritually. And that is a heavy responsibility. And, and I take that very seriously. And that causes me to depend on God. It it's, It drives me to my knees. Jesus said, um, blessed are those who are humble. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Okay. That means those who are humble before God, that those who know that they're spiritually poor. And so we've got to, uh, humble ourselves. And God says, he's going to bless that. He's going to bless that. How do we do it? Let me give you four quick ways. All right. To humble yourself. The first way is this, um, To admit my sin. I've got to admit my sin. All right? Um, That's where it starts. The Bible says this, that a a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. All right? Um, Let me see if I can give you that. That is Proverbs 28, 13. All right? And um, that means don't pray, God, if I've sinned today, (laughs) you don't have to say, if I've sinned. If you can't think of any sins in your life, just start guessing. (laughs) Just start guessing. Okay, chances are you'll hit some of those those, uh, sins in your life. Um, What do you think you did that was a sin? The second thing that you can do is to evaluate your strengths. Realistically, realistically evaluate your strengths, okay? Um, Humility isn't denying your strength. Humility is being honest about your weaknesses and to say, I'm not good at everything, okay? I'm not good at everything, and that's okay, okay? That's okay. You don't have to be good at everything. Sometimes you just do your best. And that's being honest about your strengths. And then you give God the glory and the credit for what he's able to do through you. All right. The third, the third step is this to serve others, serve others. Wow. That's the greatest cure to pride is to give yourself away because you can't be thinking about yourself when you're really helping someone else. Today, there is a great epidemic of depression in our culture, and it is widespread, and it concerns me greatly. Well, the cure for depression is what's called a helper's high, and that's that endorphin rush that you get by helping someone else, And so if you've been depressed lately, stop throwing a pity party and start looking outside yourself. Who can you serve? Who can you serve and how can you serve? And you can certainly serve through the Connection Church. All right. We are. Check this out, Melissa. Check this out. We are saved to serve. We're saved to serve. Right. In Philippians 2, It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus. That should be your attitude. What did Jesus do? He came not to be served, but to serve. He took up the towel and he washed feet. And Jesus said some crazy countercultural things when you think about it. He said, if you want to have life, you've got to give your life away. If you want to be great, you need to be the servant of all. And only in giving our lives away can we find true happiness. All right, because happiness comes from humility. And until you learn humility, you will not be happy. It doesn't come from being uh, self-focused and proud in that way. All right, the last point is this depend on Jesus continually. That's the heart of humility. Okay, Psalm 10.4 says, wicked people are proud. They do not look for God. There's no room for God in their thoughts. Prideful people say, I can do this on my own. The fact is, you can't earn your way to heaven. You can't. Uh, If you could, heaven would be a very miserable place because everybody would be walking around heaven saying, well, here's what I did. You know, here's here's what I how I uh, how I got in. But it's not of our works. It's by grace you've been saved through faith so that no one can boast. We can't be proud of it. We just have to humble ourselves before God and say God I know that I need you. I know that I can't make it without you. That's why you sent Jesus because I couldn't save myself. And and we we cannot afford to let our own pride, our selfish pride keep us out of heaven. We need to humble ourselves before God. And the cure for pride that causes so many problems In our life and in our relationships, the cure for pride is the grace of God. Okay? Why? Because we're prideful because of our own insecurity. Pride is really the evidence of our own insecurity. The more insecure you are, the more insignificant you feel, the more prideful you act. Prideful people are really scared people. Well, how do we get rid of our insecurity? We accept God's grace. When I realize that God loves me, that God made me, He created me, He has a purpose for my life. He knows me best. He knows my weaknesses, and He knows my faults and my shortcomings, but He still loves me. Think about that. The one who knows you the best loves you the most, and there's nothing I can do to make Him love me anymore. There's nothing I can do to make him love me any less I just need to receive his love in my life and when you receive his love and you know who you are in Christ and you know uh, where you stand with him then you can get real before him you can you can get real with other people and you can begin to get off the ride of pride that 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 pride train we step we we get off of it and we began to live a life of service to others, making a difference. All right. So I want us to pray together right now as we close. Let's just pray together. Pray a prayer like this. Say, dear God, all my life, I've been taught to depend on myself. And and I know there are many times in my life where I have um, been the God Of my own life. And there's been so many times when I thought I didn't need you. There's been many times where I thought I didn't want you in my life. And so today I want to humble myself. Today I choose to humble myself before you uh, that you are God and I am not. And, And I recognize that you sent Jesus to save me because I can't save myself. And you you save me not because I'm good enough, not because of anything I've done, but because of your goodness, because Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life, and because of your great love that you sent your Son into the world. And so today, I I want to follow you. Today, I want to surrender myself to you, and I ask that that I would see myself as you see me. And I would humble myself enough to follow you forward through all the days of my life. And to I want to become the person that you want me to be. I thank you for your work in my life today. And I pray in Jesus name. Amen. All right. It's so good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast.